Well, over the past few months through our monthly church at prayer meetings, we've been working our way through the Lord's Prayer. And this month we come to forgive us our debts. Let's put that into context by uh, turning to Matthew 6. If you've got a pew Bible, it's page 970. Matthew uh, chapter 6 from verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Given the uh, state of the world economy at the moment, you could almost be forgiven for thinking that forgive us our debts is the international motto. Greece is in trouble, forgive us our debts. Spanish banks are next in line, forgive us our debts. Who would have thought that debt forgiveness could actually become economic policy? Contrast that with what Jesus has to say about our debts and seeking forgiveness. Over these few minutes, I want to pick out four short points from these verses. We remember, we repent, we rejoice, and we respond. First, we remember that we are sinners. Now, we know, of course, that we are sinners. The Apostle John John writes, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We know that's true, uh, theoretically, but so often we live as if it were not. We, forget, we, we, we prefer not to dwell on our fallenness. We don't think about our sinfulness. And that is the way of the world. That is part of our fallenness, that we choose not to think about our fallenness. If we look at the world around us, those who don't know Christ as their Savior, even among those who believe that there is a higher being, that there is a God out there, seem to believe that somehow he's going to mark on a curve. As long as I'm not as bad as, insert your comparator of choice. Earlier this year in Australia, a mugger uh, stole a mobile phone from a man in the street. When he checked the phone afterwards, he found some photographs of child abuse on it. So doing the decent thing, he took it to the police and handed it in. The police uh, promptly arrested him for mugging, and uh, when his case came before court, his plea was essentially this, I'm not as bad as he is. I've done a public service. I should be thanked for this. The court, of course, did not agree and jailed him for mugging. But he expected merit for not being as bad as another criminal. Jesus teaches us daily that we all need to draw to mind that we are sinners. We all fall 
short of the glory of God. Now, as we've been praying through this, we have already prayed our Father. We are his children. But now that we are, remi- we are reminded that we are not his children because that is something we have earned, we are his children despite how far short we have fallen. First, then, we remember that we are sinners. Secondly, we repent of our sins. Forgive us our debts. We are admitting to God that we need his forgiveness. Now, this is not the prayer of one coming to faith for the first time. In Romans 8, 1, Paul says, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. No, once we have committed ourselves to Christ, then his word tells us that he has already borne the punishment that is due to us. We have been set free. We are children of God. But we want to keep that fatherly relationship with God. When we stray away from him, we strain that relationship. We grieve the Holy Spirit. When we wander into sin, we walk away from God's path. Day by day, we need to draw to mind not just that we are sinners, but specifically the ways in which we have sinned. Now, the major things may be before us. There may be something that is specifically on our conscience. But we need to draw to mind our habits, our traits, our practices, our one-off failures that are separating us from God, from which we need to seek his forgiveness. That sharp word I spoke, that curse said or unsaid, that promise I broke, that moment when I was ashamed of the gospel. Jesus says, every day, come before your father, (laughs) confess your sins and seek his forgiveness. Turn from your sins and turn again to God. So we remember that we are sinners. We repent of our sins and we rejoice in our Savior. What can be better than praying to God to forgive us our debts knowing that the debt has already been paid? Each time we pray for the forgiveness of our debts, we call to mind that Christ has already paid the price. We remember that by sinning, we were the rightful recipients of God's wrath, that we were due for punishment for our sins, that Christ bore the punishment that was due to us, that he was obedient to death on the cross that by his blood we are ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. That we have a Savior who now reigns on high, who is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. When we pray, forgive us our debts, we know that God has already promised that as far as the east is from the west, 
so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We know the joy that we are forgiven. I don't know how it makes you feel, but it fills my heart with thankfulness that God has already done all of this for us. In Ephesians, Paul exalts, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And halfway down his list of reasons for exalting God comes this, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So we remember, we repent, we rejoice, and finally, we respond. There's not just a sermon, there's a sermon series in what it means to forgive our debtors. So I'm just going to note a couple of things. First of all, we cannot truly believe and accept that Christ has died for our sins if it does not alter how we view those who sin against us. We cannot truly believe that Christ died for our sins if it does not alter how we view those who sin against us. Secondly, forgiving others is part of the repentance that God seeks from us. Verse 15 is clear. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Is this easy? No. Is it quick? No. It's a process that takes time and effort, has ups and downs, requires prayerful commitment on our part. But we do it knowing that our debt has been paid. Forgive us our sins, Lord, we pray.